Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Chef Anya Lee about empowering you to confidently cook healthier meals in your kitchen. Chef Anya is the owner of Anya Lee and Company and Tiny Kitchen, an online cooking club that empowers others to confidently cook in their own home kitchen. Chef Anya has been on a mission to create joy, health, and smiles through food. This has led her to creating impactful catering and cooking class companies, cooking for celebrities, Fortune 100 company CEOs, and traveling the world to cook. In 2016, she started catering for NBA teams, such as the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Anya has cooked on the Food Network with Alton Brown and on Cutthroat Kitchen, and recently the winner of Supermarket Stakeout. You can pick up Chef Anya's cookbook, How to Cook Healthier, in Whole Foods and on Amazon. In this episode, we talk about how you can join both of us in the kitchen on April 27th. You can cook with Chef Anya and I in her tiny kitchen club. It is an online cooking class, and a link to sign up is in the show notes. Later on in the episode, Chef Anya shares a discount code to support you in signing up to cook with us on April 27th. I hope to see you there. Please note that the first 14 minutes of this conversation has sound interference. I deeply apologize for that technical problem, but it does drop off after the first 14 minutes and the sound quality is restored. So thank you for hanging in there with us. Thank you for tuning in and please be sure to give the podcast a five-star rating after you listen and write a review that really helps more people find the episodes and really helps keep the podcast going. Thank you so much for showing up tuning in and showing your support. Enjoy the show with Chef Anya. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Whitney. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get started as a chef and a personal chef? Oh, baby. You know, it goes way back. It goes back to just my love for cooking since I was a kid. And, um, you know, in, in college, I would cook at restaurants and whatnot, but I always just looked forward to more than anything cooking for my friends and my family um, and just bringing people together and having fun around food. So those were my favorite nights. All my friends knew me as, you know, the person who'd cook for everyone and we'd come together and cook. And so um, after college, I was looking for what my career might be and what my next job might be. And uh, a family friend of ours invited me to be her go-to personal chef. And so um, she worked with all sorts of high-paying clients in Tahoe, like Tahoe is where I'm from. And, uh, and so she said, Anya, do you want to be my, my go-to chef? And I'll, I'll send you to all these homes and you can cook, you know, come up with a menu. So I did. And uh, she started pitching me and I had a blast cooking for all these families. It was it was pretty quickly cooking for like um, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Kyle Richards and her family. Um, CEO of Mattel and uh, the founder of AOL, um, all sorts of people. So anyway, I really got thrown into the sharks quickly, but it came from a lifetime of just loving to cook and everyone knowing that about me. That is so interesting. How were you? How old were you when you started? Ooh, um, I want to say I was around ten years old. 
Uh, and that's when my mom was like, Anya, you know, I think you can try to cook dinner for us now because I always loved cooking with her and cooking with my Mimi or my grandma. And so, yeah, it was young. It was really young. So how did it go from picking up these jobs, working for some celebrity clients, to getting to work for the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers as one of their chefs? Jumping right into the fun stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it just came from from passion, I think. So uh, skipping a lot of, a lot of this story, um, when I started my catering company, which was after a pause from cooking, I actually went into software for a little while. And then I decided, what the heck, I'm going to go back into, into food. So started a catering company, but I had to fund it with something else because it was very, um, you know, inconsistent revenue. And so I was working at Equinox gyms, um, teaching workout classes, you know, best sweat ever and cycling and all sorts of good stuff. And uh, one of the other instructors knew the trainer of the Cleveland Cavaliers. She was great friends with him because they would actually use the same facility sometimes to train when they were in town to play the Golden State Warriors. And so um, they were looking for a caterer in their locker room. They wanted something really healthy. I was very health focused. And uh, starting my company, I had told everyone, I'm a caterer. Call me, you know. And she gave him my number, and I picked up my phone one day, and I was working on my computer and said, uh, you know, he said, do you, do you want to come cook for the Cavaliers? You know, it's in our locker room. It's in four days, which I didn't have anything, any of the equipment or anything at the time. But, um, but I did it. My mom came down from Tahoe, slept in my little bed in my one-bedroom um, apartment in San Francisco, and we cooked for four days straight. And... Uh, started cooking in the locker room for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's how it started. I'll stop there. <laughs> to see the Do you question. remember what you made? What did I make? We made so many things for them because I cooked for them a lot over the years. But, okay, yes. So we had to cook in their locker room where there's no kitchen. And I was still figuring out what it meant to transport food and keep it hot. So, like, I didn't really even know what a Canberra was. Like, you know, you keep the food hot um, I didn't have any of the equipment to, equipment to do it, but I wanted to cook them um, some steak and some shrimp. Um, and so, you know, I made a, a marinated steak with some chimichurri and a really great garlic lime sauce for the shrimp. We had it marinated, but I was like, I don't know how to cook it and serve it to them hot. So we requested that we be able to bring a barbecue uh, into the stadium in just the parking lot where everyone else is hanging out. And, um, you know, my, my boyfriend at the time loaded the, well, he's not my husband, he loaded the barbecue onto a rented truck that he found on Get Around. We brought the barbecue to the stadium. Uh, you know, the boys were out, Cavaliers were out playing in the game, and we were out in the, the parking lot grilling steaks and grilling shrimp and throwing it into a dish to bring inside and serve, which they had never seen that before. I promise you that. But it turned out great, and they loved it. So we got the call back. Oh, that's so fantastic, and that's really impressive. Um, so how did those opportunities ultimately lead you to continue to build your catering business and then end up being on shows on the Food Network? One thing leads to another leads to another, but you don't always know how it all connects, right? And I think it all stems back from my my love for what I was doing and that I was telling everyone, you know, this is what I'm doing and this is why. Um, and then just people supporting me. But for the, the food, well, I'll jump back to the Warriors because that's an easy transition. When we were cooking for the Cavs, we, um, the, the Warriors pretty much the, the ball boys, essentially, the guys that were helping out in the locker room for the Warriors, they would come into the Cavs locker room after the Cavs left, and they would come eat all of our leftovers. So, you know, they didn't love whatever they were getting in their locker room. They liked what we had, and we became great friends with them. They were all just fun to hang out with. So we were cleaning up. We were throwing a ball around the room and having a good time. And it turns out one of those guys ended up getting to be promoted to the person who organized all the catering for the Warriors. So, um, 
Yeah. So, so he ended up calling me and saying, Hey, you want to, do you want to cook for the Warriors too? And that led us to cooking in their locker room, um, for about three years. So that's incredible. So when you're cooking for them, how many days a week are they needing support from you? It was, it was a rotation. So they had a couple different caterers that they try to rotate through, um, because we would cook off site and then bring it in and serve it to them. Um, so it really was only a couple times a month. Because they, you know, a lot of their games are off in another city, which we were only San Francisco, and um, and then they would rotate through caterers in San Francisco when they were playing. So a few times a month, which was great because it left us the capacity to be able to still do all the other wonderful events that we wanted to do, the, you know, the big company events and the weddings and the whatnot. Yeah. So how did you start to transition your career? So how did you start to transition it to ultimately more of a online cooking classes, team trainings, um, community events, and kind of further away from the catering? When did that transition start to happen? That's a great question. You know, so jumping back a little bit to what you mentioned before, the Food Network, um, when I got a call to be on the Food Network and I went and I was on Cutthroat Kitchen with Alton Brown, I had so much fun just like fooling around in this, you know, really fun filming situation where we were cooking all sorts of stuff, trying new things, having a great time. And so that inspired me to start teaching, to teaching essentially, um, because it's a different part of your brain. You're learning a lot of different things. You're being more creative in a different way. um, And you're really working one-on-one with people. And so... The dream for me has always been to have my own cooking show and teaching is the, you know, is that it, you know, just on a smaller scale. So, um, that really led me to just starting a cooking, a cooking class company on the side of catering, which was in person at the time. Um, I built up what we called Silicon Chef, which was eventually Silicon Valley people, um, coming to compete in an Iron Chef setting. And I pretended like I was the judge. And they would create, you know, a meal in one hour from all the ingredients I gave them with a secret ingredient and a theme. And so we were recreating essentially some of the things that I had seen and I had done on the Food Network. Um, and then COVID hit. And uh, and with COVID, I had to close down the catering facility pretty quickly. And um, sometimes one thing leads to another and leads to another in life. And it's a really good thing. And... While I was thriving with catering, I loved every moment of working with the clients and working with my team and putting an event together. Um, it was hard, long hours. It was a lot of weekends. It was a lot of, you know, 2 a.m. nights where I'd wake up the next morning feeling like a train hit me. And I just thought, well, gee, if I have the opportunity to have a little more well-rounded lifestyle, a little more of a life work balance, um, and still be able to be passionate about what I'm doing, then I should explore that. So I sold off everything in catering. I said, I'm moving to the next step. And, um, and I started offering, offer virtual classes, uh, which has led to virtual team building, always a blast. And then also our cooking club, Tiny Kitchen. And um, Tiny Kitchen, you know, has been the most exciting yet for me because it really get, I really get to take everything I learned from restaurants and catering and what worked the best and teach others how to cook those recipes and also teach others how to eat a little healthier. Like I learned from the calves and like I learned from the warriors on how to just fuel your body and make you feel really good. So it's kind of a combination of everything and it's progressed into just working with others and hosting my own smaller version of a cooking show. (laughs) What are some of those tips that you learn about having to feed athletes? When you were cooking for those teams, were you given restrictions or guidelines on what they needed to make sure was on the menu? Yes. Um, and it depends on which team. So each team is different and they all had different budgets. The Cavaliers were by far, because I did actually cook for other teams too when they would visit town, but those were the two main ones. Um, so the Cleveland Cavaliers were by far the strictest and that's because their trainer and their nutritionist, you know, really worked hard to make sure that they were getting the guys that they needed um, but also they had to cater to what they would actually be wanting to eat. 
these teams are on the road and they're fed whatever they're given. You know, they don't get a lot of choice all the time. And some of them really want what they're familiar with. They want plain grilled chicken and brown rice and asparagus, you know, or whatever. But the the dietary restrictions I was most often given were um, very clean. So, you know, no, no processed anything, no high fructose corn syrup, no bad oils, no canola oil, no vegetable oil, no, um, you know, no processed sugars, stuff like that. Just keep it really clean. And that was number one. And I cooked that way for myself. So that was easy. Um, and then number two, we really avoided a lot of dairy. Um, sometimes we'd maybe put a little bit of cheese on the side, but they really wanted to keep dairy out of the way, especially pregame, because it can just really upset your stomach before you're out there running like crazy. Um, and then we avoided high acidity. Uh, so, you know, not a lot of tomato dishes pregame, a lot of stuff like that. Anything that, again, would upset the stomach. Um, they loved simple, clean, high-quality carbs like forbidden black rice or brown rice or quinoa. Um, they loved really clean, um, easy-to-eat meats like chicken or salmon or shrimp, things of that nature. Um, and then uh, lots of vegetables. We'd have, you know, four or five different kinds of roasted, sautéed, whatever it might be, vegetables. Um, we used a lot of avocado oil, just high-quality fat, coconut oil, um, a lot of a lot of homemade granola and uh, coconut whipped cream uh, to avoid the dairy and stuff like that. But yeah, that was that was the gist of it. Got it. Um, since you've started doing more online classes, cooking classes, team building, are there certain things that you find that are more fun and that you enjoy most when you're doing team cooking classes? Oh, I just love the people. I love seeing those smiling faces. Um, you know, with team building classes, it's a lot of repetitive classes for me. So the food, while I think it's really good and it turns out delicious, it's a lot of the same. So it's less exciting. Um, but I'm still proud of what we created for the recipes. But seeing those people come on and maybe they feel a little obligated to be there and they might be faking it at first, faking the smiles. I truly think by the end of class, those smiles are very genuine and they can't believe that they just made a homemade pizza from scratch and they're serving it to their family and they can't believe the praise that they're getting from their family um, or whatever the recipe might be, you know, homemade tacos with homemade corn, corn tortillas and whatnot. Um, but the cooking club is <clears throat> extremely rewarding for myself because I'm cooking a different recipe every single week and I'm making things that I genuinely cannot wait to eat myself. Um, you know, so we have a uh, ramen class next week and I love making ramen. I don't make it for myself enough. It's going to be really exciting and new for my husband. You know, I'm, I'm, I've perfected this recipe so that we can all have a great time making it. Um, but it's, it's new and exciting. And that's each, each week. I also love working with, um, other chefs. So you're going to be our second guest chef ever in Tiny Kitchen. Woohoo! So excited. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. You're going to do great. And, uh, you know, it's just such a joy to see what, what's important to you. What are you going to teach me? There's so much that I still have left to learn. And, um, you know, my grandma's always been great at making a whole roasted chicken and I've called her a million times and I have not totally succeeded in making that crispy skin. So to see what you have to teach us is, is a dream. Um, yeah. So, so the collaboration element of it, of like, who can I work with? Who can we show off? Who's just dominating in the industry that, you know, I want to become great friends with and work with. And, um, so that's you and that's a huge part of it. Thank you. Well, what I love about the cooking classes that you offer and just some insight for people that are wondering why you should take an online cooking class when you can just open up a cookbook, there's so much you can't teach in a cookbook. There's so only so many tips you can put along the side of the recipe to support people in preparing their food at home. When you can do a cooking class and, and prepare it with people together over a Zoom call, a computer, whatever it may be, 
you can teach so much more, so many more nuggets that they can take away and that will empower them to make that recipe again without you. Absolutely. And the questions that come up are always things that I would have not thought of myself. You know, it's constant. The questions that come in, I'm like, wow, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you for thinking of that because I would not have, um, you know, and, and being a teacher, the more that you you're asked these questions, the more you realize, okay, I actually am pretty good at my job. Like I actually know the answers to these, you know? And, um, and so being able to have that constant, yeah, back and forth between them also be holding their hand through the whole process. And so they can't lose, lose track of anything. And they really do feel confident at the end that they did it well. Again, that's hard to do in a cookbook. You can read one, one line that messes you up completely, or you could just forget something, you know? So I agree. It's, it's much more personal. It is. And I agree with you. Even as chefs, we can read a certain line in the preparation process and not be able to figure out ex exactly how the onion's supposed to be sliced or something's going to be whipped. Um, those little minute things. And sometimes it's not worth going on and on about. You just have to make a decision and go with it try the dish that way and then know how to adjust it next time just to meet your personal preferences. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something I love to teach in classes too, is that you don't always have to follow the recipe and that your gut is, you're, you're way better at cooking because of instinct than you probably realize. And a lot of the time it just takes tasting your food, you know, just takes like taking a moment and thinking like, okay, what did I put in it? What did I like that I put in it? What do I not like that I put in it? And so maybe I could do more of this and less of that, you know? Yeah. One time, so when I was, long before I went to culinary school, there was a place in Dallas for great grab-and-go food that I would always go with friends. And I just started to notice over time that the food didn't have much flavor. And a friend was sharing with me, that when food is prepped in large quantities, you know, for grab and go, it's often not seasoned that hard because most people don't like a lot of seasoning. And when it's seasoned light, you can then adjust it to your preferences when you get home. And I think that's like a great tip for when people are in a cooking class or trying a new recipe for the first time. You know, you can make it again and adjust the flavor. You don't have to follow the script. You can make changes. Absolutely. Totally. And a lot of the time when we're cooking, you know, when I'm teaching the class and I'm sure you'll be the same, you know, I'll say, okay, throw a little bit of this in there and then taste it. And if you want more, throw a little bit more in and taste it. And, uh, and yeah, you got to really, and, and smell it before you add it to see how much you really like it. Cause you don't want to add too much if you don't even like the smell of it. Right. So yeah, I agree. So you lived in Dallas before this. So I'm from Laguna Beach and I went to college at SMU in Dallas and there is a great place there called Eatsies. Okay. It's kind of one of those old school, it's like kind of a version of Erewhon, I would say, but more old school, traditional, just where you can go and you can get, you know, great skirt steak marinated different ways and already pre-cooked so you can just grab it and take it home. You can get homemade cornbread. You can have gourmet sandwiches custom made to what you want, gourmet salads custom made to what you want. Everything's a little elevated as well. Um, delicious food and, you know, just one of those places that really provided a lot of joy and passion um, for me long before I went into the culinary space. Wow. So a little bit of an inspiration? Very much so, Yeah. That and I would say, uh, you know, it's it's hard just because I'm like you. I've just always been into food and cooking. You know, it's just always been there. Okay, cool. And then I know, I know, you know, we're supposed to be talking about me, but I want to talk about you. Um, and from Dallas, you got back here and uh, you came back. And then, did you dive into culinary school, or how did you dive into? So, so interesting. So after I graduated college in Dallas, I stayed there for two years and worked a corporate job. And I was working for a major corporation for Ernst & Young. And they offered me an opportunity in their LA office. So I thought, hey, someone wants to pay for me to move back to California. You know, I'm new in my 20s. You know, I just kind of thought at the time that every opportunity you're offered, you're supposed to take. Um, you know, 
I would learn later to trust my gut feelings, but I took the opportunity and I, I moved to LA and that's where I fell in love with health, like real health food, um, just learning everything about health and wellness, living at Erewhon, you know, exploring all different types of ex exercises, spiritual practices. And that's when I knew that I needed to shift my career in that direction. But while I was living in LA for five and a half years, I couldn't figure out how I was going to start working in that industry. So then I moved to Washington, D.C., and took more corporate jobs in Washington, D.C. And then that's when I finally woke up and applied to go to culinary school, then moved to New York City, went to culinary school, and then moved back to California and started all over. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini Mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on StarseedKitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a journey. That's part of it, right? It it's is. Like we're finding, you know, what's important to us through this journey. And then if we can make it into a, a career, it's the dream come true, which sounds like, like I said, I, I went into software for a while. Like I get it. We had to do that, that regular job. And you probably learned a lot that you're able to apply to now your business that you maybe didn't learn in culinary school, you know? So. Yeah. And I had same similar experiences to you, like working as a day-to-day -day chef and then other opportunities would come along that were still in the culinary world, but stopped me from working as a chef. And I took them because, you know, some, you need that, that break. It's hard on the body. It's hard emotionally, but I knew it wouldn't last long that the universe wasn't going to allow me to take a desk job that I had to keep cooking and that there was something there more important for me to do. Um, and so sure enough, those jobs naturally have transitions and you're back working as a chef. So, you know, I love learning about your story and how each opportunity you've had has led to the next. It's pretty incredible. Absolutely. Yep. And it's still happening. You know, it happens all the time. I'm always curious as I build this, what is this going to lead to? What is this going to become? What is this going to grow to be? I have my vision, but I'm also like, I'm not set on my vision. Anything can happen, you know? And so um, a lot of the times you have to listen and let let people's suggestions guide you and, and see what's working and what's not. And also the times, like COVID was a very obvious one. But, you know, with inflation or grocery prices changing or um, just people wanting to out more or stay in more, people having, you know, maybe your your followers are a certain age group. And so they're starting to have babies. And so they want to stay in more and cook for their family where they used to want to go out. You know, you have to listen yeah. to that and try to adjust and make it work as you go. So what's the big vision? Fill us in so we can help manifest it with you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Big vision is that, you know, we have a, a, a big club of lots of people who not only have the opportunity to cook with me, but more often guest chefs. So hopefully you, you know, cooking more often with you um, and just really helping people feel more confident cooking healthier in the kitchen. And I think that that element of like, okay, I can cook, I can cook something, but if I do this substitution, is it still going to taste good? You know, feeling really confident. Um, so big vision would be having a lot of people on the class, perhaps having a studio where I also could be teaching in person as yeah. well as online. 
um, perhaps having a, a more built out blog, maybe even um, a magazine of some sort, you know, just really diving, diving into um, to helping people understand how to confidently cook healthier and cook these recipes that were cooked for professional athletes on the Food Network and all sorts of things. I also, Whitney, am, and I, am on a mission to try to make chef coats cuter for women uh, because they're so lame and they make us look like men and uh, they all have that same cut and they're kind of stiff and like, why can't we have poofy sleeves and, you know, poofy shoulders and and have like a, a cuter collar and um, so that that's part of the vision. I love that. Well, I actually have to say I have found a chef jacket that I love. Um so I love wearing a chef jacket and an apron because I think it's like a lot of different jobs, whether you're a doctor putting on scrubs or a police officer putting on your uniform. When I put on my chef's jacket and apron, it helps me switch into work mode. It helps me get going and starting. And then when I take it off, you know, I can move out of that role. And even when I cook from home. So sometimes I do recipe testing for different brands and products. I have to put on at least the apron to switch mentally into that role. Um, I don't know. Do you ever feel that way when it comes to the uniform that you like to wear when you work? I do, but my, my home, you know, is where I do everything. So sometimes I'm like, do I need to wear this chef's coat right now? I really like my outfit I just put on. Uh, but yes, I think also for home chefs, since that's a little bit more of like the focus right now, is to give them that opportunity to switch mentalities, right? They're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to the kitchen. I want to get in my in my home cook mode, my sh- home chef mode. Um, you know, I'm going to put on this apron. But like an apron doesn't cover all of your whole cute shirt, you know? Like so to have something a little more chef-like – to put on, but when your friends come and they're hanging out in the kitchen with you, you still look really cute and hip. So, and then you take it off and you have another cute shirt on, you know, to have that something that's like really protects that nice shirt you have, but also makes you look really, really good. That's, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. But yes, I agree. You do want to have that apron or that transition something so that you get in that mindset, that focus. So when you're cooking at home, whether it's doing one of your cooking classes online or you're just cooking for yourself and your husband, do you have particular tools that you lean on that you have to have in the kitchen and you love sharing with people in your cooking class? I'd love to know some of the tools that you can't live without. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, First of all, having a big cutting board. You got to have a big one, right? I've got my two big ones and I've got them right there where I cut everything and I just pull them out so easy. And I use that all the time. I hate the little plastic flimsy ones. Not okay. I need to get a good brand recommendation for a cutting board, but, um, but yeah, it's gotta be big. And then uh, a solid sharp knife that you just are obsessed with. Just one. I use one 90% of the time. I love my Nakano knife. Um, so N-A-K-A-N-O knives.com. Um, they reached out to me years ago and said, you have to try our knife, nice, our knife chef. Um, it's going to be the best thing you've ever tried. And they sent me what's called the Damascus knife. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my husband and I fight over it. I have a, you know, a rack of knives that I've collected over the years. And we, we both only use the Damascus knife. Um, and so anyway, I, I do get discounts from them because, um, I've decided to partner with them because I love it so much. So if you if you type in Anya Lee, A-N-J-A-L-E-E on NakanoKnives.com, you get 20% off, which I think is very generous. Um, <clears throat> and then what else do I love? I, I love my food processor and my blender. But food, I mean, like people who don't have a food processor, mom, get a big one. Um, you need, you know, you need you need to be able to like make that really awesome sauce. Um just kidding. She has a cute little one, but I, I hound her about it because I'm like, to make pesto, you got to be able to fit all that basil in there, you know, or chimichurri or whatever it might be. I use my food processor all the time. Um, and uh, and a Le Creuset or something of that sort, you know, a, a, a big, hefty, thick bottom ceramic um, slow cooker really helpful. Um, I love my plug-in slow cooker. I keep it in the pantry most of the time, but once in a while to cook some homemade beans. 
Um, they're just game changers, so they're awesome. You get them dried and then cook them slowly. And then finally, I'd say um, pots and pans-wise, I love uh, my one uh, – oh, my gosh. Why am I blanking on the name? Classic big and black pan. Why am I thinking – help me out here. Or all cast iron. Yeah. I don't know why I always blank on the, the word cast iron. I love my cast iron. And that's always sitting on my stove because it's so pretty. And then I'm obsessed with my new copper pots and pans. I got Ooh. those recently. Yeah, from uh, Movil, M-A-U-V-I-E-L. Um, it's a French brand. They're way too expensive. But thanks to a little bit of wedding money, it helped. And they just cook so perfectly. They're really cool and rustic looking. I feel like I'm a true French chef because so they use in France. And um, and copper heats up really fast. So it's very fun to play with heat on copper. So. Since you love cooking and you teach people how to cook, have you do you ever take cooking classes when you travel? I do. Yes. For my birthday this year, um, we were actually in, in Paris, and my mom and dad bought me a cooking class. Um, and what's neat about cooking is that it's a never-ending journey, right? There's always more to learn, and someone else has a trick up their sleeve that you have never encountered. And also, we get in our ruts. We start cooking in certain ways a lot over and mm -hmm. over and over. So, you know, this French cooking class – taught me different ways to make ratatouille that I had not tried before. You know, I've always done it in the pot and they started roasting the vegetables and it gave it a nice twist. Um, they taught how to make this really great creamed cauliflower soup and put all these curry spices on it. And um, yeah, I hadn't really tackled that before. Uh, and and we really dove into emulsifying like um, a burr blanc sauce and sometimes stuff like that, you need, you need reminders on how to really emulsify, which I was able to then use that technique to teach a recent um, homemade mayonnaise class that we had with our sushi class. So, so yeah, I definitely love taking cooking classes. I probably don't do it enough, but I, I try to because it's so helpful. Yeah, I find when I travel, I want to take cooking classes. Sometimes it's hard to find them. Do you have any tips on how to search for cooking classes when you travel? You know, I think it's probably pretty typical. I'm usually looking on um, Google or Airbnb experiences. Those are mm -hmm. pretty helpful, um, things like that. But I really try for gifts. I try to tell, you know, if my family or whatever, like, what should we get you for your birthday or Christmas? Like, get me an experience. Get me a cooking glass. You know, that's the best gift. And my brother and sister, for instance, I'm not good at researching that stuff, to be honest. My brother and sister got me this amazing uh, cheese and wine tasting in France last year uh, or two years ago. And again, I learned so much. And I thought I knew so much about cheese and wine. And I couldn't believe what I learned. But I, I didn't find it. They did. <laughs> so have other people find it for you. That's the that's my best advice. You don't have you to know do what? I would second that. One of the best experiences I had was a biltong and wine tasting experience at a winery in South Africa. I didn't find it. I think my brother and my mom found it. And it goes down as one of the most fun experiences we had with food and wine. Wow. That's incredible. Wait, what is biltong? So in South Africa, they call their beef jerky biltong, and they don't use sugar or additives. Um, it's just really good traditionally dried meats, and they use all different wild game. So you're getting their version of wild deer um, and wild elk and all their wild animals. So um, kudos, one of them. Um, I can't even remember the names of all their different wild deers, um, and it is so good. And so, and it was really nice because when you're drinking wine, it's, you know, sugary. And so to have some, some sort of protein to ground you, you felt a lot better sampling the wines. That makes sense. Yeah. To have that substance. I bet also that the bit of saltiness really balanced well with those wines and the sweetness, like you were talking about, depending on what yeah. wines they are. Wow. Bill Tom, yeah. I gotta look that up. So when you're in South Africa or in Africa at all, um, I highly suggest from the moment you get off your, the plane, find a little store, a little grocery store, a little market, and you know get a ton of biltong as your your snacks while you're in the country. It's it's the best. You're you're starting to see 
biltong in the grocery stores and the health food stores here in the US. You know, at Whole Foods and Erewhon, I see it now. You'll see it branded, but it's not the same. Because also it's done with beef and there, theirs isn't done with beef. Okay. Because it's got all that wild game. Right? Yeah. And yeah, it's, just, it's just a little different, but I highly suggest it. Since you love inspiring people to eat healthy and try new recipes, is there anything that you are wanting to try this season or to start cooking for yourself? You know, I've been experimenting a lot more with Asian flavors recently. And that's because, number one, I've spent so much time on French and European style food for my whole life because I love it. My family loves it. You know, it's a big part of our world. Um, but I've had so many requests for a more Asian style cooking. So uh, I, I'm really hoping to dive in and learn a lot more about that. Well, I think that's a good start. I think that's a good answer because that's a big one. There's a lot, a lot in that. Absolutely. So where do you like to keep turning to learn more about health? and wellness and food. I love, I love listening to podcasts. I love reading books. Um, you know, podcasts, I jump from one to the other, to the other, to the other all the time. Um, but you know, some of the trendy ones, the Huberman lab is fun. I think this philosophy is interesting. Um, I love, I love listening to, to different women podcasts and, um, love listening to yours, all your guests that, that are coming on. Yeah. Um, Monica Groney has been really interesting to me lately. She looks a lot at like women hormones and balancing those with your lifestyle and with your food. Um, and I love Women's Health Magazine and uh, Liz Plosser. She's the the um, editor in chief, and she's super into protein. And it's really fun to to see what she has to offer. Um, you know, I'm paying a lot of attention to sports all the time by default because my husband loves <laughs> loves to watch sports. So I like to see, uh, you know, what different athletes in the fields are doing. Um, and then, you know, tons of books. There's so many books. Like, uh, I really love seeing, like, what Michael Pollan is up to. And, you know, he's really, really into just local foods and, and what our experiences with food and whatnot. Um and gosh, I gotta look at my long, long list of books here next to me. I've got a hundred health books and cookbooks. It's a journey. It's a journey. I'm always looking. Yeah, one always leads to another. I think that's been the greatest thing about your story is like you just keep every opportunity that comes, you take it, you enjoy it, you explore it, and you, you know you don't have to live with it forever. And then the next one naturally evolves. Absolutely. I'm like, man, if there's a way I can spend all day doing this and I can make money and sustain my life, but I can be learning about my health and new flavors and new ways to get excited and meeting new people and new cool tools, like what a rich life that is. That is success in a nutshell. So yeah, you know, it's not always easy, but being able to ride this journey is pretty cool. Very it's lucky. really impressive what you've built. And I think everyone will see that. When they go and visit your website and your Tiny Kitchen Club cooking classes website, I'll have all those links at the bottom and in the show notes. Um, it's really impressive what you've built. Thank you, Whitney. Also, quick shout out. You want to tell us what you're making in your class on April? Yeah. So yeah. if you guys want to join the two of us in the kitchen on Thursday, April 27th, We'll be cooking in the late afternoon together. We're going to be doing a classic whole roast chicken with super crispy skin. I'm going to teach you the tricks that I learned to make the skin crispy. And I mean, this is what I do every time I cook a roast chicken for my clients or for myself. Um, and then we're also going to be doing a really yummy grounding root vegetable mashed potatoes with ghee. And I'll show you my tricks there without adding like extra cream or dairy. Um, and they just come out absolutely delicious and it's great for meal prep and then we'll just do a nice spring asparagus and it'll be a perfect balanced meal amazing make sure in that class too Whitney I know there's some people that won't eat dairy but make sure you talk about the benefits of eat because I think that's a really important conversation that I have not had with them yet so yeah absolutely it's great brain food isn't it absolutely yeah and then, so yeah and then being that you have such great French and European culinary you know experience um, clarified butter is just a similar version to ghee, just hasn't been cooked as long. So the flavor isn't as rich. Um, 
But, you know, another option if people just happen to be casually making some clarified butter at their house, they could use that as well. Hey, no, once in a blue moon, you hear about someone doing that. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting, especially nowadays. So many people have very interesting food hobbies, things that they always make weekly. Like the most, you'll meet the most random man or woman on the street who happens to make their own sourdough bread or who happens to love making their own kimchi. You know, everyone has such interesting hobbies. That's what I love learning. And it's always, it's, you know, it's so self-rewarding. Every, you know, every single person can have that thing that they love to make and, and there's nothing better than doing it yourself. So, yeah. Agreed. Is there anything that you or your husband make sure that you are always making kind of once a month for your fridge or your pantry? Yeah, I mean, pretty typical, but the easy thing that we go to is we love, 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 love bonza, whether it's pasta or like the homemade pizza crust. Like, that's my, okay, it's Thursday night, I've had a, you know, busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm probably making some simple high-protein, high-fiber pasta tonight with bonza. Um, so we, we do that a lot, but like for, for passion, for like what we love to eat. Um, I mean, we love that too, but for like something that's a little more time intensive, we love to make French tarts. And that is definitely one of my signature things. Yeah. It's a savory French tart, whether it's a grilled eggplant tart, um, or a caramelized carrot and onion tart or a summer tomato and cheese tart, or recently I made a, a caramelized potato tart. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Or sometimes he'll make like more of a pot pie style, which is similar, and a homemade crust. So those are the go-to because we just love them. They're always great. That is so impressive because getting getting the crust done properly, I mean, that's very impressive. Thanks. Well, we have it in class, so you'll have to join a, a crust class with me and then we'll, we'll nail it. <laughs> well... Where can everyone that's listening, I know I'll have the show notes below, but tell them where they can find you, learn with you, and cook with you. Yes. Well, first of all, hope to have you because if you're listening to this and you made it this far, then we're meant to be friends and we're meant to to hang out in our kitchens together. Um, So you can go to jointinykitchen.com, all right, jointinykitchen.com. And uh, that will give you the basic outline of what this is all about. And then if you click the link there, it'll bring you to the class schedule where you can RSVP for your first class free. So um, come check it out. Everyone's welcome to come try try a class for free. And then if you love it, you can sign up to be a member where you get access to all of our videos of all of our past classes, you know, hundreds of recipes of all my favorite recipes. You get a, um, a cookbook, my cookbook at the six-month mark. You also get part of our community who loves to see each other and cook together all the time. Um, and there's tons of other perks, but the goal is to, you know, help you cook more confidently in the kitchen and, and get excited from it, get that praise from your family for cooking a good meal. So um, join tinykitchen.com. And upcoming classes are uh, miso shiitake ramen. We have... Um, a bootable class. We're going to talk about making a few easy sauces at home to make an easy bootable. Uh, we have got Whitney's class, the crispy, delicious whole roasted chicken. Um, we have a Mother's Day olive oil cake and limoncello. And then we have a Cinco de Mayo tacos class where we're going to make carnitas with mushrooms and pork, your choice. So anyway, tons of fun to be had, Whitney. I hope you join for some other classes too, but I can't wait for yours. I mean, the menu sounds delicious. Um, and then you also do Instagram Live. So where can people find you on Instagram? At AnyaLee.co. Great question. It's a little bit different um, because it goes with our main company, Anya Lee and Company. So at A-N-J-A, Anya Lee, L-E-E dot C-O. And I have tons of how-to videos on there as well. So you can check out what I've been cooking and what I have to offer you. Can you leave our listeners with maybe one healthy tip they can consider adding into their life? Sure. Um, ooh, which one is the question? I think something as simple as salt in your kitchen is really important to get a high-quality salt. It is often not that much more expensive at the store if you're looking and there's like table salt, kosher salt, and sea salt, or pink Himalayan salt. Go for the, the sea salt or the pink Himalayan salt. Because those are the least processed salts, and they're going to have all the nutrients, the minerals, everything that your body actually needs 
Um, and so don't cut salt out. Just use the right salt. The reason they tell you to cut salt out is because there's so much of these processed salts in a lot of those foods that we buy at the store. And, um, and those, those are stripped of everything that's good for you, but they, they hold on water weight in your body and don't make you feel very good. If you have the right salts, they digest correctly in your body and they'll make you, you know, feel really great when you have them, but they'll also help you hold on to enough water that you feel hydrated. So, um, anyway, sea salt, pink Himalayan salt, replace your kosher salt in any recipe, replace your sea, your table salt. Um, you'll, you'll feel much better. I second that. And, um, for everyone listening, I do have an episode that you can scroll back and look at. That's all about salt and will help you better understand how to shop for it at the grocery store, why you should have it, how it keeps you hydrated, all that good stuff. So thank you. That's a great tip. You got it. Love it. Love that you already did that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really looking forward to cooking with you. And I'm really hoping that everyone listening, we can support you in other ways, in person, over Zoom. Um, So thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Whitney. This has been a blast. I love chatting with you and I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.